Tough City Radio. Would you make it out alive? How about dipping into that secret pocket? Well, there are mysteries. They're bound in Tofino. We'll reveal them on our show here tonight, the Frequency Horizon. Because I just made it out of the forest and now have a little crew in tow, a fam, the actual fam variety. I don't know how long they'll stick around. But what I do know is that we will be doing an interview on the show in 30 minutes' time with an artist that you'll be able to, you know, take a gander at their musical selections just down the road. So stay tuned. There's a lot planned for tonight. I know I may sound a bit exhausted. I have a good reason for it. This is a frequency horizon. And we'll even have a little bit of an interview on surfing and funding from our local MP. Stick around. But first, we've got Justin Martin featuring Femme. It's Hello Clouds. Be back in a minute.
Here with Hello Clouds featuring Femme. And I'm looking out at just a nice, creamy little epicenter as there's the clear sky above, purple clouds below. What an excellent time to drop into a little bit of Bonobo, Kerala. I know I sound a little bit relaxed right now, but had a little bit of a crazy experience earlier on disappearing into the void of the forest not sure how the sound waves were trying to guide me one way or the other we'll get into that in a moment but just enjoy your own chill i mean i got
Kerala. And yeah, this this purpley blue situation we've got as far as the horizon line to my left is nice to look at. Just being here, I'm here with uh, Melissa. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, so that's my sister, uh, the oldest one. The other one's not here, uh, but my dad's here as well. And he's just up. Todd Penner, first time in Tough City. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, first time is always the, you know, the, the it's going to remain with you. And, uh, you know, actually today is your first. You were in Yuki yesterday, but you actually made it to Tofino today. What's your, what would you say your first impression is of Tofino? Well, it's crazy. A lot of people here to squeeze into a pretty rugged landscape. Sweet beaches, though. Yeah, is that, is that someone seduing or something? I mean, there's like some small craft heading over maybe a zodiac that's what we can see out on the water right now and um well so you you've never been here before have you no this is my first time in tofino it's it's such a lovely city yeah it's i mean but then again you've lived on the island before so you know it's not like a, a huge surprise for you you know but how would you compare it to victoria i mean which is better besides just like how you know the obvious answer oh i'd say in tofino you're a little bit closer to nature you're a little bit more kind of you're actually out on the edge of the the coast where in Victoria you're still kind of more connected to the mainland. I think it's got a really nice vibe here. Excellent. And uh I think it does too. And then sometimes well, remember what I explained earlier like when we went hiking and uh you know it's super dry but it's still the, the bomber hike um it's kind of dry uh but it's still kind of wet too and then when mom's foot like squished into the the mud and um I basically said, like, yeah, it's, like, great. You think everything's going to be perfect. And then just that one thing happens that could, like, make it, you know, a little bit more complicated or uh, everything. And then something happened to me. And uh, what was your first inkling that something yeah. might have gone wrong? So, yeah, speaking of the bomber hike, I uh, hear you had a bit of an adventure yourself today. Oh, yeah, listen up because we're going to do a trivia question later. Pay attention to the story because you could win yourself a $25 co-op gift card from our sponsor. Yeah, so go ahead. What were you saying? So we all we all went on a bit of a family hike today. You want to tell us what was the destination? Where were you taking us? Uh, the Canso Bomber. Canso Bomber. Mm-hmm. And we knew because because my history. dad is a history teacher, right? Well, you teach what? What do you high school history, right? You bet. High school history. Is awesome. It, is it easy to interest kids these days in in history? Oh, not mostly. Some kids are pretty keen, but mostly people are uh, living in the present. It's not not hardcore enough for people, or what? You got to make <laughs> hardcore history. They need a little convincing up. that the past has something to do with where we are today. Well, so, did you find getting to the bomber was? It was easy. It was easy. super easy, mm-hmm. and I was like gloating a little bit. Um, not it to myself. I must admit, uh, I was going like uh, you know way faster than everyone. And I wasn't even trying, and then like on the way back, I was like, okay. I'm gonna. I, I wanted to do some recording at the radio station, and so I just bombed it back here. And five minutes, I sort of just, like, bombed it into the forest. <laughs> well, we, we uh, so had a pretty quick return trip. Our first clue that uh, something didn't go quite right was finding that your truck was still there. What happened, Drew? Oh, I bought a truck. That's how I got a truck, yeah. <laughs> and was how a good come it move. was still at the parking? Because in the forest, obviously. <laughs> um, no, I, I literally was, like you know amid branches and brambles and there wasn't too many brambles but it was could have been worse i could tell you that but i was in the middle of a forest and what what took us 40 minutes to get back took you about how long of straight bushwhacking 
fully two hours fully two hours like i i mean i could have done it i honestly think i could have made it back in like 30 minutes and and was this two hours of you kind of knew where you were going but it took a little longer or do you want to tell us about that okay so um have you ever been like sitting in the forest or on the beach and you're enjoying the moment and you just notice that the wind is whipping and like kind of a continuous fashion where it's panning from the right side to the left side as you feel it rush over you and uh, you can hear maybe the ocean does the same thing it seems to come from the left and go to the right and so you don't know where it is that's what was going on with me as i was trying to like gauge how the hell to get back to civilization and here i was stuck in the middle of the forest which was fine but i just <laughs> wasn't exactly sure where to go because you know how like obviously you have to go down the hill to get to the ocean but sometimes what happens is that you have to go up before you go down and then you go down before you go up and you know i've lived in tofino long enough i'm not too surprised by this fact but um you know it was it was a bit confusing which way to go because the traffic would like pan around and then like the sound would reverberate off the mountainside and um well maybe it's not a mountain but it's like some pretty big hills you know mm -hmm. so melissa did a little research after we got back and found out something from the uh tofino tourism people about the bomber Shout out Tourism Tofino. And what did you find out, Melissa, about people who get lost looking for the bomber? Oh, yeah. They were saying that about two or three times a year, the search and rescue crew is, is called in. And now I don't know how old this statistic was, but that, yeah, they've gotten it down now. They've put markers in, so now only two or three times a year do they get called. Really? How many people survived the initial bomber situation? Uh, they actually all survived. There was a crew of 12, and all of them survived. Oh, wow. That's wild. Well, actually, as a history teacher, what did you find was most interesting about experiencing a little piece of history, Dad? Well, we were uh, impressed with the bomber. I'll uh, let Melissa give the, uh, the details there. But um, being able to find that a World War II bomber was down here um accessible and still largely intact pretty impressive yeah so the a world war ii bomber had come in for some servicing their engine needed to be fixed and they fixed the engine they took off and pretty much right away the engine died and they're plummeting plummeting 300 feet uh and luckily the pilot apparently did some pretty heroic um flying and stalled the plane so that it was almost stopped in midair just before it crashed and that apparently is why why the crew survived it's kind of like heroic for sure a little bit exciting and um yeah i mean now you've experienced that i mean do you feel like you have experienced all that tofino has to offer or what's next oh tofino has so much to offer they're so so many good. I'm sure there's so many more hikes too. But we're the going back to itself. the to a new beach tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Which one? Well, we haven't been to Long Beach yet, so we'll have to try that. Mm -hmm. You went to Coso today. Yep. What do you think? And we've been to several of the beaches in Yuklulit. Pretty so cool. Like, Pretty cool. Like checking them off the list. That's good. Um, yeah. What do you think of Cox Bay? Like what? It, I mean, you've seen lots of beaches, I'm sure, in your time. It was right? neat how how long it took for for the beach to go. It was a very very gradual. Yeah, we stretch. had to run a long ways to get to the water. 
And it was cold water. Mm-hmm. Freezing. It's low tide. Yeah, low tide, I guess. Low tide. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And when we were down in Yuki, it was pretty low tide too. So we got the experience of that. So, because um, I got lost in the forest, I'm going to play a song called Lost You featuring Twin Shadow by Zed's Dead. And uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We'll have our gift gift card giveaway up after this. Stay tuned. Get ready to call. You featuring Twin Shadow, Zed's Dead. Kind of liked it. It's an older one too. 
Thanks for tuning into the Frequency Horizon. You're on 90.1 FM or Mixler.com, MAXLR.com, slash tough-city-radio. Thanks for checking us out. So we have our first gift card giveaway of two that we're going to try to pull off tonight. Your chance to win a $25 gift card from Co-op. Co-op Tofino. Sure. I'm going to ask you a question. In our little story earlier, you got the info. Maybe you know it because you heard it a million times being a Tofino local. But how many men survived the cancel bomber crash that led to the amazing hike that we know is the bomber trail? How many men survived? Okay. So now it's your turn. This boys noise star one plays in the background and some sort of emergency siren punctuates the night. Give us a shout 250-725-4443-750-725-4443. Let me know. You can win yourself a $25 gift card. Listening to the Frequency Horizon on Tough City Radio. That was Boys Noise, Star Wind. Something I've already just like, you know, played as far as something that the way it's ending of the story involved me being like, just like, F this, I'm going to hang out at Long Beach, just get a quick little surf in. And you know what? Wasn't expecting much, but what I found is fairly clean, if inconsistent, small waves to heal my wounds. 
and send me on my way. But now we're going to flip into last week's track of the week. It's Motorcycle featuring Gabriel in Dresden. As the rush comes. And I just can't get enough of this track. Check it out. And just a quick reminder. The question of the night. How many men survived? The Canso Bomber Crash. There's tons of survivors yet compared to what could have happened with the depth charges on board and whatnot. How many survived? Let us know. You'll win yourself a $25 gift card. The number 
cycle with as the rush comes. And that one there. Featuring Gabriel and Dre- Gabriel and Dresden. Quite talented producers. We're just waiting for our caller there who wants to answer our question. Basically like one of the easiest questions in the history of Tofino. Did your man or woman enough? Give us a shout. How many men survived the cancel bomber crash? The number here? 250-725-4443. Give us a ring. Or just even just call us to let us know what's up. We'd love to hear from you. Gustafino is full of interesting voices. Production talents. And that includes Al, former DJ on Tough City Radio. Goes by Inspiral. Inspiral? You know, get it? Anyways, this one's called Sweet One. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to interview. If we can, if we can pull this off, we're going to have an interview featuring someone I believe in Victoria and Salt Spring live on Tough City Radio. Frequency Horizon. Here we are. Thank you. 
There was Alan giving it the gusto with Sweet One. Thanks for checking us out on your dial, 90.1 FM. You can also head online, mixer.com slash tufts-city-radio. Hi, I'm Shari. And I'm Jeff. From from Tofino Co-op Hardware. Are you new to the community or just putting off getting that co-op number we keep asking you for? Why not invest $10 and become a lifetime member owner? Our member owners will receive 5% in cash back and equity on all their purchases made throughout the year. Your membership is good at all of our locations. The grocery store, gas bar, Tofino Life Clothing, and of course the hardware store. This also gives you a vote at our annual meetings. So take five minutes to stop by our admin office. Invest in yourself and your community. Easy peasy, right G? Yeah, easy peasy, Shari. Co-op, you're at home here. Last time, this is drugs. So, this is your brain. we're gonna have a little interview coming up here. The band called Secret Pocket. That's just in moment time, but for now, we've got Gorilla. Let's 
Yeah, yeah, I can hear you guys. You guys are on the radio right now. What's going on? Tell me what, what sexy things did you want to say? I mean, you know, I mean, depends how it depends how crazy it gets. Hey, hey, listen, listen. We don't want to offend the children. It's before 10 p.m. Although we got 10 minutes to go, and then you know, we got a lot of stuff to to cover. Uh, but but uh, first things first, introduce yourselves. Uh, Kurt, do you want to go first, just because I'm a gentleman? Turn up my voice. All right, all right. My name is uh, Kurt Clayton, and I'll be accompanying Secret Pocket to uh, their album release. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I was down in Tofino for a little while, and I ended up getting a call to go down and go down to High Tide Records, where I met up with Lexington and a bunch of the boys down there. And right when and then, Kurt and I locked eyes, oh boy, it was musical <laughs> chemistry right off the bat. We wrote 14 songs by just looking at each other in the eyes. Pineapple. Across the studio. That sounds potent. Some sort of potent potent connection, almost like a, as potent as a pizza pop, I think. <laughs> wow, well, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I no, that's a super compliment coming from me. <laughs> okay. Thank but you, you, guys are, you guys are basically in a band called Secret Pocket. Well, no, this is the thing. We're two separate acts. I, Secret Pocket's a, a personal uh, operation of mine. Oh, wow. Cool. Reggae. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, been doing the gypsy musician thing, Romney, my... Who, who doesn't love Just, being uh, a gypsy musician, right? I don't know. It's the gypsy musician lifestyle chose me, man. And, well, I fly airplanes too sometimes, but that's just bonus. Man, I was lost in the forest about two, like an hour ago, two hours ago, man. Like, for real. And um, I stared up at the sky and I was like, wouldn't that be cool if one of those airplanes just, like, was able to just, like, elevator me up to the sky right now? Oh, beam me up. Hey, man, well, if you, if you play your cards right, I'll fly anywhere you want to go. Ooh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, honestly, I don't mind being in the forest. I just don't like being lost in the forest, you know? Yeah. Are we talking metaphorically or are we talking? There's <laughs> probably something metaphor. I was thinking about that. I was like, I, when I was lost in the forest. No, I'm serious. When I was lost in the forest, I was like, don't make a metaphor of this on your radio show. Don't do it. And look, I just did it. I've totally failed. Uh, no, the mind. You're not failing. You're just learning. So, so just so the listening audience knows, I have two phones. This, you know, be, like literally, if if you give us a couple weeks, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited that Cam has uh, announced that he's going to be getting a new uh, a new mixing board for this radio station. And you know, th- while that's going to be awesome, it will mean that I won't be, have to have you know two phones up to the microphone, which will be a sad occasion because this is hilarious, right? I can only imagine how awesome you look. Hey, tell me, what, so you're playing a show coming up when's that happening so tuesday not yeah it's tuesday right now next tuesday first we're playing uh the, el- the official album launch is uh in yuki friday night it's meaningful that we launch it at uh, the a and f in yuki because that's where i've been posted up in a uh, beautiful cabin on the ocean there for the past like eight months or so and then i left about a month ago but in that time i put uh another uh band together around this personal project of mine uh, two awesome local cats there that well we all kind of migrated there i migrated from new york they migrated from east coast and uh, actually ryland's uh, from salt spring island originally and uh, anyways we just uh, kind of all 
naturally met there and just started making pretty sounds together at the ANAF. Uh, we practiced uh, through the late hours of the monsoon winter that was, and uh, we thought it was uh, meaningful that we launch it there. So that's Friday, this coming Friday, and then the Tuesday, that's the 11th, July 11th in uh, Tofino, we're going to rock the house at the old legion there, where uh, yeah. we've been going pretty consistently to uh, jam nights there on Monday, which are always a blast, and it's going to be an honor and a privilege to uh, play such a fine establishment. Yeah. So, okay, help me figure out, like, which one of you is Hop, hop Pocket, sorry, Secret Pocket <laughs> with a K, right? Secret Pocket with a K. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's me. I'm, I'm uh, Lexington, and that's my Lexington the 6th? You're Lexington the 8th, the the sorry. Cyborg clone of myself. It's a long story, bro. You don't want to hear about it. No, but I'm really glad that I'm playing like cyborg music in the background right now. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I was like, I don't know if this is the right choice for this kind of band, but I'm just going to go with it. And it turns out it was. Nice. And so, yeah, we have Secret Pocket. Speaking of cyborgs, uh, I built this cyborg. Uh, it's a long story, but I'm actually sent back from the year 2088. And I sent this by cyborg lyricist rap superstar back to help me out. And uh, his name's Hal 9000. We're actually at one of his bros' place in the center of Salt Spring. Can I throw him on the phone for a little jibber-jabber? Yeah, just I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this. Let me just take a sip of this beer right now, okay? Hold on. Okay, okay. Here, here, here. I just uploaded the software into him to uh, talk proper English. I'm going to put it on speakerphone. How about this? One okay. Second. Can't wait. Okay, Hal. Oh, oh man, this is insane. reporting for duty. Yes, he is. My man. Oh wow. My robot cyber. Holy. Spill the spill the best villains. Spill the best villains, eh? We love the ocean and we love cannolis. We're just chilling. We're gonna work our way back to New York from Tofino. You clue it. Cannolis, whatever you need. A strawberry tart. Tony Starts, shout out from Tony Starts on Salt Spring Island. This is Hal 9000 Holy, that's full my, on. My man, my man. That makes that just reminded me. I, I have a rhubarb like, or like oh, strawberry kind of crumble that I have to eat later on here tonight. On, on. Anyone out wants to join me? We got, uh, you know, a whole hour of music left in a bit. But, uh, rhubarb? I think it's rhubarb. Maybe it's strawberry. I don't have to check, but it's good either way. They got some crazy apple pie down there. Where's that? At the vapor, the was it the new the new Amsterdam cafe in Vancouver, the vapor lounge there. They have good. food. That seems like the last place you'd have good food. Although it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I was under the influence, but it was good. Uh, tell me, no, no, tell me. So it was, it was. Where was that? It was, it was downtown Vancouver, right? Eh? Yeah, it was down at that um, the smoking lounge down there um, with the from the BCMP or whatever. And the new, the new Amsterdam Cafe. Okay, got and smoke lounge downstairs, and they got they saw like a whole bunch of munchies and. And what what was the munchie? Describe to me how delectable this particular item was. Well, I was kind of in like a state of really needing some munchies. Uh-huh. So I went to, I went downstairs and um, the guy straight up knew what I wanted and they asked if I wanted some some apple pie. And so they <laughs> eat up the apple pie real nice, put some cold ice cream on there so it starts melting over everything. Yeah. And uh, they got these volcanoes that are there, which are 
pretty awesome and it intenses the uh, the experience. So it's some crazy buy. Some volcano. Yeah, I can see that. You know what? Uh, so the one thing I didn't get you to do, you have 30 seconds here. Tell me, tell me about your act because I, I I didn't hear about yours. I've uh, I've been playing uh, solo for about six months now, I guess, since I've been out in the Tofino and Yuki way, and then I've just been out in Victoria for the last couple months as well, trying to put together a full band. But um, I'll be up there with Hutchinson on Tuesday to uh, perform for everybody, and I can't wait to see everybody. I think you will melt your hearts. So that's uh, coming up here at the Legion. Check that out, or the ANAF if you want to trumpet down. You know, chill tonight with these guys on the line. It's going to be a beautiful night. And we're just getting our we're getting our records made locally in Victoria, so it's going to be uh, hot off the presses. Hopefully, get them in a few of uh, your lovely ears and souls, so, so so to speak. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Uh, you have to have you guys on next week, maybe if you're around, if you yeah, have a chance. Yeah, well, uh, the sh- the show's going to start at uh, like ten-ish, so we could come in before and do an acoustic set and do some more shameless plugs. Definitely, and we'll talk so about I'll talk what. About our lovely, I'll talk about our lovely sounds all day. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's I mean I. I, I I learned a lot tonight and uh, got my mind off my little episode in the forest. So we're going to go into the strum. Ba- show, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, sir. You're, the man. We'll You're listening you to the frequency Get your party boots on. horizon. Just out of my reach. Shovels and dirt, shovels and dirt. Well, it ain't worth living if you don't get the sky.
got a six shooting pistol and I'm ready to This time of night, sometimes we like to wind it down, sometimes we like to crank it up. But we got plenty of content still to go through. After that amazing and unbelievable Secret Pocket and Kurt Clayton interview, we're gonna just play a little Scissor Sisters here with Comfortably Numb. We've got an interview with our Member of Parliament, Gord Johns, talking surf. That's coming up. And we're going to have a little skate report. See you in a bit.
those Scissor Sisters. Tofino Life Clothing is the sensible option for apparel in Tough City. Whether you're visiting and realize you forgot your rain jacket or need rugged workwear, we've got you covered. From proven tough suppliers like Carhartt and Helly Hansen to miscellaneous items like Teva flip-flops, embroidered souvenir tees, and postcards, Tofino Life Clothing will get you what you want. We've got stylish Cougar brand waterproof shoes and boots, Skechers and high-tech footwear, colorful kids rain gear, and many more quality brands. Treat yourself to a little TLC, open 10 to 5, 7 days a week. Co-op, you're at home here. And if you give us a shout here at 250-725-4411. Hey, Secret Pocket did. Called all the way from the other side of the island. And on another island still. Well, if you do that, you can get, you can actually win a gift card for co-op. $25 gift card. I mean, that goes along. Basically, along with tomorrow's sweeter. Fuels your dreams, you know? All that kind of stuff. Basically, something you can do. Well, we got Cloud Boat. Man of War. The Failure Remix playing. And right up next, we get to hear from Gord Johns, our Member of Parliament, trying to get some money to surfers. Stay tuned. And the question, if you forgot, how many men survived the Canso bomber crash? You can do it. Give us a shout. 
Cloudboat, Man of War, the Failure Remix. So we've got Gord Johns here, member for Courtney Alberni on the line. How are you doing today? Good, great. Whereabouts are you today, Gord? I'm in Parksville. Beautiful sunny day in Parksville. You enjoying yourself? Definitely. Now, we wanted to talk about an issue that's very close to the heart of the listeners to the Frequency Horizon here today, and that is surfing. So we have our Member of Parliament on the line to talk about a pressing issue when it comes to our favorite sport here in Tofino. Now, uh, Gord, when was it first that you sort of took this on as an issue that you wanted to bring to the, member, the, to the parliamentary level there? Well, I think that I've always been aware over the last couple of decades living in Tofino that, uh, that Surf Canada hasn't received funding from, from the federal government. Uh, and I know this because uh, often they're raising money and uh, through local businesses. I was a local business owner and, and I ran the Tofino uh, Long Beach Chamber of Commerce for a number of years that it was up to the community to, to raise money to get our athletes to international competitions around the world, especially our juniors. So um, I, I obviously uh, wanted to make sure that we uh, made sure that we were following up with letting Ottawa know that, you know, this is a, a sport that now has been uh, uh, deemed an Olympic sport. And uh, and that being said, that uh, we, we were hoping that some funding would come with that designation and that opportunity. And uh, nothing's uh, flowed through so far. Big news, right? Like surfing for the longest time, a bit of a renegade sport or, you know, just known as through the back Jack London as well, you know, bringing this sport to, to the masses, um, you know, in almost like a very idealized way, but now you're looking at it as a very professional and top tier kind of activity. How can Canadians compete? Like, how can we make sure that our athletes are able to, you know, go head to head with the folks from, let's say, Australia or, you know, Spain and whatnot? Yeah, again, we need to make sure that we're keeping up with the rest of the world. Uh, you know, as soon as surfing became uh, a designated Olympic sport, we saw countries around the world immediately injecting money into their surf programs or beefing them up so that they had a, a better chance at uh, making sure their athletes had the coaching, the equipment, and the uh, the funding to travel, to compete. Uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, Canada's... Uh, the way that the system set up is Canada. It takes a few years for uh, the process to take place for new uh, Olympic sports to qualify to get funding from uh, from Ottawa to access funding. And when we looked at it, I was talking to Dom Dominic, who's uh, the head at uh, Surf Canada. He identified this timeline and, and that the problem was that they probably wouldn't see funding until late 2019 or 2020, which is far too late because they're actually going to be uh, in trials uh, in 2018, 2019 and, uh, and uh, competing on the Olympic stage in 2020. So um, it, it, this isn't a, a whether they're going to get money or not at some point. They will get money. We just don't want uh, Surf Canada to wait to get funds that they need at the time of the Olympics and beyond. We want them to get funding now so that our athletes this fall, 
will have the funding they need to stay competitive so that we uh, you know, don't fall behind uh, the rest of the world. Right now we're ranked 11th in the world. Um, and again, there's uh, dozens of uh, hungry and well-funded countries uh, below us that are, that are you know, going to catch up to us if we don't uh, invest in, in our athletes. So, you know, it's, it's an exciting time. And when I brought this to the attention of Minister Qualtro, uh, uh, the minister uh, who's responsible for sport and persons with disabilities, she actually didn't even know that there was a gap. Um, so she, she thanked me for bringing it to her attention and because she didn't know it was affecting not just Surf Canada, but other new sports that were introduced uh, uh, for Olympic funding. So uh, uh, she's going to try to find a way to navigate uh, finding some money to release to Surf Canada so that our athletes uh, can get an injection of money to compete uh, sooner than later. And uh, I'm working closely with her in the hopes that that can happen by the fall uh, and, and that they don't have to wait until, uh, you know, late 2019 or 2020 to see that kind of money. Well, it is kind of interesting. I was just reading the National Post earlier today, this article. It was kind of looking into like where we're at with our sports sports program in Canada and just saying how, you know, they're they're putting a lot of money currently into, you know, looking at who are the top medal contenders, you know, who are kind of prima donna athletes that uh, this report that came out sort of suggested, you know, we need to really develop entire sports. We need to in- develop these kind of, you know, some of the, the future athletes down the line. And it makes me think of, you know, a lot of the kids that I've seen around Tofino that, you know, have a lot of talent, way more talent than me when it comes to surfing. And, you know, I just wonder what what could these kind of kids do if they if they were given that extra training or the extra coaching? And uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there, don't you? Absolutely no question. I mean, we look at the, you know, the new group of the Olin uh, girls, uh, the uh, young women, and uh, the, the Brewweilers, and, uh, you know, um, so many different young athletes. That uh, it's, a, it's a long list of uh, great talent that we've got coming out of the West Coast. Um, Freddie Sanford, you know, these are, these are great athletes. And, you know, with the right supports, with the right coaching, with the right training, um, and uh, the ability to travel and compete, uh, you know, they have a real chance. We, we could go from 11th in the world and pass countries ahead of us, I really believe, in no time because we haven't had any of the supports of the countries ahead of us. So um, I, I believe it's, 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 it's great for uh, not just our athletes, but actually great for the sport, great for our community and our region, and great for young people to see those role models uh, succeed. It gives us an opportunity to look up to those um, that have excelled and, and create that, uh, those, that, that determination that uh, they, they put forward um, uh, as a great example to young people and athletes of what you can do when you live a healthy, happy life. And, uh, and certainly they're, they're role models to me, uh, you know, uh, as someone who likes to play in the water, I certainly wouldn't call myself a surfer, but uh, you know, it's sure fun to watch them and, and see the young talent that these young athletes have in our communities and I'd like to see them get the supports that other athletes get throughout the country where you know there's a you know there's dominant sports uh, you know it's applicable to the geography whether it be skiing you know or uh, you know in, in areas where there's downhill and areas where there's cross country and uh, you know uh, obviously coastal communities surfing is a, a great sport it's affordable it's super healthy it's a great culture it uh, definitely fits into the West Coast culture, and uh, it'd be nice to see our, opportunity, our athletes get the opportunities that other sports and other athletes get across Canada. 
Well, I think what's so cool about this is that, you know, there are opportunities here and there for, let's say, up-and-coming athletes to really break through. And when it comes to the track, it's like the same track every time. When it comes to, you know, you know, high jump, it's sort of the same kind of bar. You're just really competing against yourself in a way. Now, with surfing, you have this other environmental element, right? Now, they're talking about, you know, in the future, you know, they got Kelly Slater's got his new wave pool that's come out, so maybe, you know, Midwestern towns or, you know, middle of Africa could even have, you know, surfing competitions in the future. But this year, they've selected for the 2020 Games, uh, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Shida Shita Beach, I think that's how you say it, or Shida. It's about 40 miles outside of Tokyo, right, in, in Chiba. And in fact, it looks that it has some similarities to what we have around Tofino, you know, punchy beach breaks, barrels, but only occasionally. And then, uh, you know, in the summer, which is, of course, when they're going to be having the summer games, right, is, uh, you know, they, they have sort of like thigh to chest range waves. I mean, you know, this will be familiar to you if you've <laughs> been in Tofino at all over the, the summer. Now, um, I'd be curious to know what the other places, you know, how well other, you know, locations will be able to can compete. But I think that we have a real chance if only our athletes can get up to speed and uh, really put in that extra time to go for the gold, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, 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 uh, it's an opportunity for us. And so I, I think that, uh, again, making sure that we support our athletes is key. I mean, in any sport, uh, it's it's proven if you invest in your athletes, they tend to excel. If you don't invest in your athletes, it, it makes it much more difficult, and uh, they have many more hurdles to to to, uh, to go over. Uh, in terms of uh, the size of the waves, it sounds great for me. Uh, our athletes are certainly used to much bigger waves, so <laughs> I, I imagine they'll do great because those are summer waves and uh, and sound very comparable to Tofino and uh, what we get at Chesterman and Cox Bay in, in the summer. So. Um, I, I have no question they're going to fare well. What I, I do question is whether um, we're giving them the support so they can even excel and, and do better. And uh, I want to make sure our athletes get the same chances as, as athletes around the world. Again, this isn't a, a question of whether we're putting uh, this ahead of other priorities in our country. They're going to get funding in years to come. Uh, we just don't want to see it delayed until late 2019 or 2020. Right on. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, Gord. Oh, it's great, and I, and I love talking about surfing. I love talking about the West Coast. Couldn't be more fun. It's, it's actually, of all the things that I have to deal with and, and the tough issues that, that we have and the challenges we have in our communities, this is the most fun thing I've brought forward to Ottawa so far, and uh, and, and everyone likes it. So uh, hopefully Minister of Culture will be a champion for us, and, uh, and this is one where it's nonpartisan. Everyone's working together. We want to support our athletes. We all love surfing, especially all MPs on the West Coast, no matter what party you are. And uh, we're excited about the Olympics and, uh, and about our athletes because we know they're going to do well. I uh, want to make sure that they get the support that they deserve and, uh, and they, so they can represent. Great. Thanks so much. You bet. All the best.
Hello, Tofino. This is Leanne Unger with the Care Network, your local animal rescue. You're listening to Tough City Radio, 90.1 FM. We're going to give you two one-minute runs. It'll be the best of the two. So here we are. It's Canada Day in Tofino. Bustling community comes to life in a way that it doesn't on any other day because this is a special one. Everyone gathers around, clapping, hanging out, meeting friends that they haven't seen for a year who just strolled back into town, you know, enjoying the beer gardens and watching these kids rip it up. Just listen for a second. One of my favorite things about the skate competition that they have on Canada Day is just how quintessentially Tofino it is. You just feel like this is a place where there's independent minds who are driven, who have, a, who have arrived here for one reason or another, and trying to make their mark, and not afraid of the scrapes and bruises that it might cause along the way. Backside 50-50. Backside grab transfer on the spine. 30 seconds still to go, lots of time. Just got to get to the finals. Big flip. It's a truly relaxed atmosphere. Rolling through the ball, backside grab 360. And I, I honestly, I can't believe how they, you know, they do any of what they do. I mean, I can barely do, I can't do a kickflip. I tried, I think I did it once. I think I actually did one kickflip that I sort of landed for half a second. But mostly I can't even ollie. So I have mad respect for what was going on on Canada Day. But a lot of people have done a lot of things to make this happen. Because at the end of the day, there were kind of hugs and smiles and prizes awarded. It's just interesting to listen back to this recording and hear just the quality of the tricks that were thrown down. I don't even know what they're called. Good, good times. Well, guess what? Today we have we have Jason Picton, who's involved in setting up the skate park in the first place. We got him on the line. He was at the skate comp. We need some regulation at the beer garden. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on. So you're in Victoria right now? Yes, I am. I, I live in Victoria. You, but you were in Tofino this past weekend when the magic happened. You know, what was it like to come and descend on this community again and uh, be able to watch True Masters at work? Uh, it's uh, amazing as always every year. I'm shocked. There's that many people that come out consistently every year. It was the 13th year, 
that we've done this, and uh, I think that might have been our biggest one yet. I'm sure the Canada 150 had something to do with that too, but hey, it was uh, a lot of good talent in town, and uh, a lot of people stuck around all day, just couldn't stop watching all the amazing talent happening. And, and you, you, you were just talking a little bit with me there about how there was a community effort that actually came into play in order to get this physicality set up in the first place. I mean, it sounds like you were involved in the fundraising to get the skate park going. I mean, how difficult was that, and, and what was that process like for you? Well, it was a bit of a long road. It probably took about five years in total, but, I mean, that was a bit of a learning curve for all of us along the way, and <clears throat> when we first started, skate parks were still fairly fairly new to most especially smaller communities even bigger communities for that matter um but uh we were kind of at the start of where they were starting to get built more regularly and um yeah we just had a lot of good support in the community i think a lot of people that are living there now who are surfers they probably started out skateboarding at one point so it's uh kind of a cherished pastime that they like to pass on to their kids and uh yeah it's just great all the Businesses and families and stuff all got behind it, and uh, we did a lot of fundraising. We had a lot of great people putting in a lot of hours. That who knows what what number that is, but <laughs> it uh, yeah, it turned out really well. And we actually ended up forming a, a nonprofit um, committee to kind of help us push us over the mark because it is a big big chunk of cash to get started. But um, once it's laid, it lasts for quite a few years and it's low maintenance and as i'm sure everybody in tofino knows it gets used probably the most or almost the most i would think out of any of the parks and rec you know facilities in town i'm sure well we could almost extend that to all of vancouver island right like let's be honest i mean it has a good reputation people from courtney i know like the that's their one of their sometimes their goal is to get across the island because they like how the park is set up whatever the reason is i mean i think it was what was it a new line build or what yeah, was the company yeah, that it was did? new it was new line yeah yeah that did the uh, did the park and uh yeah they were great they were if we were to do you know something again down the road and we, you know i would try and get them involved they were they were a great company to work with i i guess my my reason for just bringing that aspect of it up is i'm just wondering what it was that you think you guys did right at the planning stage in order to basically get something that to this day clearly resonates with skateboarders like i mean i saw these kids doing amazing tricks you know you know cruising off that granite tabletop or you know doing the transfers that they were doing i mean obviously it's something that works it's a park that works but you it it started somewhere and and what what do you think the key was at that point well the goal the, the key really was the people that were involved from the start they were mostly all skateboarders and so they knew what other communities had done wrong or what works for skateboarding what doesn't work for skateboarding and we also knew that we needed to get someone involved like a company like new line there's other companies out there um spectrum's another one that uh, is apparently also great but i shout out spectrum (laughs) yeah um but uh but um they were the reason that the park turned out as well it did like you had to get the right people in that's what they do is they build skate parks i mean that's that's what they know. So, putting it out to tender to get a random contractor to build a skate park has failed in I don't know how many countless communities, you know, that are probably still there and not really getting used all that often. And 
the community then thinks, well, why did we end up wasting all that money on something that doesn't get used? Well, it's because it's not usable, and it's sort of hard to explain unless you have a little bit of skateboarding background or understanding about how the activity, sport, whatever you want to call it, works. I mean, well, here's gotta, here's the thing to me, right? Is that I don't even know, like, I mean, how to, like I say, describe half the tricks that these kids are doing. I mean, I know they look sick, right? But, and, I, and I'm, I'm mad respect for them. And, and even, you know, I, I can understand the release they're probably getting from doing that kind of trick. But, um, you know, one thing that I, I can't really fathom is sort of like, you know, the, what, what's going through their mind in that moment. And, and you know, just when you're a little bit more experienced and you watch these kind of elements coming into play, that I, what what is what was going on this weekend that I didn't see like for instance the competition there. Well, every year, like I kind of was saying before, is the just everything has increased a notch or two every year, and so like I go back and it's like, you know, we get a lot of people from out of town who you know some 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 bigger talent sometime come by just you know it's a good vacation spot plus they get to go in the skate contest it's a great contest but the locals are the ones that I like to see you know like the kid that was there last year probably still going in the same category he did the year you know this year as he did before because he's still close in age but the improvement that they've made in that time is just like shocking to me every time i come back because i don't get to see it on a daily basis like some of the other people i know <clears throat> and just because i'm not there but it's just incredible to see that they how comfortable they're getting how confident they're getting and uh and consistent and all that sort of thing so yeah i think uh I think it's just neat to see that they have a facility where they can practice and if they want to grow in it they can if they just want to stick to the same old stuff they can i mean there's not really that's the thing with skateboarding there's not really any rules and i think that's what gravitates a lot of youth to it because they feel like they're in charge of doing what they want to do at their pace at their comfort level there's no time schedule you know what i mean so and it's relatively inexpensive to get into well, and, and let's just look at it. I mean, it's not just like you have to do it for years and years to be able to be in one of these competitions. We had juniors all the way down to 10 and under, like a whole category that was kids that were less than 11, right? And, uh, you know, just shout out right now, just give a quick shout out to Dusty, Sakura, Sebastian, and Sebastian H as well. Charlotte, Ireland, Claire, Cole, and Charlie. I hope I pronounced Ireland correctly. Um, those would be, uh, you know, the, the, all of those would have been under 11 years of age. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's the that's the 10 and under category. I think we used to call it the young guns, but we've just simplified it to juniors. But yeah, they they uh, it, it, it's 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 mostly more of a participation thing for them, and to get them out and and show that you know they're not just doing it in their free time and. It, it, it kind of makes them feel like everybody's behind them. You guys do what you want to do, you know, and it's it's uh, it's great. You know, all the parents come out with their cameras and take pictures, and uh, we usually try and try and have, like, a little something for all of them just to make them feel like, you know, give them some stickers or a T-shirt or something like that. And I, uh, I believe the T-shirt this year, uh, again, I think it's been consistent for the past few years from the uh, Jamie Collins uh, Legend and Legacy Foundation. Uh, they, they provide... Uh, those prizes so a shout out to them um, I, I didn't I didn't mention Jamie on the microphone quite as much as as I usually do he's a, he was a dear friend of mine 
and uh, and and that wasn't that wasn't a planned thing. I think it was more just I think we're giving it a bit of breathing room, and I think that I think it's not we did we don't want to focus on on that as much anymore. I think everybody's having a great time getting out skating and. I, like the contest spoke for itself. It was shocking. Like it, they almost gave me like chills when I'd stopped and looked around. I couldn't believe there's that many people there. And well, everybody stuck around all day. Well, yeah. Like I, um, I actually asked someone if if it was. I was kind of getting confused if this was the Jamie Collins skate day or if because I think that actually happened earlier, right? Yeah, I think it's either the day before. Oh, shoot, I forget. I think it was the day before. I, I couldn't make it unfortunately, but uh, I, I have been to to one or one or two of them in the past, but it's bit of a drive for me but uh and it was basically it was this was a basically a local guy that passed away right yeah yeah he's uh really to be, he, he's kind of a a vancouver island uh, skateboarding legend of sorts to to be honest with you like a lot of people from even vancouver um that scene would would probably especially especially uh maybe some of the older guys they would really recognize the name i mean he was growing in leaps and bounds when skateboarding was maybe not quite as popular it's had its ebbs and flows as well so um but yeah he he's respected on all levels by pretty much all skateboarders uh, on on the island and remembered and uh he's got quite an interesting story and past <clears throat> that people can learn about online and stuff like that so anyways and, and if you just listen in the background here you can hear them do their tricks. Just, just, we'll just listen for one second. Whoa! Who put that ice there? We got a good 10 seconds to go. A couple tricks. A couple more tricks. Yeah, all these kids. They, that, that's what I loved about the judging too. Is they, they'd always say, you know, one more trick. Go ahead and do one more trick. You know, and I think that was cool, right? It's like. Yeah, maybe they were, like, telling them that at 10 seconds ahead. Or, because at the end of the day, you know, like, you want to be supportive. And, and if someone falls down, I mean, like, whatever. Like, they were trying it, you know, they, they tried to nail something, and they may have hurt pride. You know, if these kids would get to make that one more trick, and then whether they advance or not, maybe that's what, you know, brings them back the following year. I mean, do you think that's part of the, the spirit of this thing, is trying to get people to come back for the next year as well? Yeah, and I've also heard... I've also heard from like a lot of guys that I know that would enter the contest that they it doesn't feel like a lot of other contests where it's kind of I don't know what the word is cutthroat or 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 is intense or it's either on or off it's a, it's a little more relaxed which is kind of more how skateboarding I mean skateboarding doesn't usually work in okay go and skate for you know a minute or two straight and land all your best tricks in a row without falling. Like that's not really, that's a, that's quite the feat that these, these of all ages take on uh, in, a, in a contest setting. So we've kind of adopted a bit of a, a rough, kind of traditional format and sort of tried to make it work with what we think is best, you know, for the for the space and 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 who's skating and all that sort of stuff. So. Do you, do you have a good recollection of the different uh, heats and whatnot? I mean, uh, just in terms of the winners, I mean, I was looking at the novice boys. In third place, Shay took that one home. Ryder in second place, Marley coming in first. Uh, is there anything you remember that stood out to you about that particular category? Uh, the 
level of skateboarding. I was like, are we watching the intermediates here? Because things sure have changed in the like last, you know, like I said, this is the 13th year and five years ago, that would probably have been like around the quality of skating you'd have in the intermediate. I mean, it was amazing. I was, I was shocked. And that's great because I mean, it's, it's so exciting for everybody to watch because the intensity stays up all day and and, uh, and and everybody's usually pretty respectful about all the different categories and giving everybody their space to do their thing but like how exciting to watch now because they're just getting so much more talented I guess they they're getting practice because <laughs> they got a place to practice but it's yeah it's amazing well and we have the novice girls as well that category was you know quite quite gangbusters what I saw we had Capri coming in third Aqua in second, and Kaya in first. And, um, you know, you could tell that, geez, you know, these people are going to basically be turning heads this year, next year, the year after that, if they decide to stick with... I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll spend all their time in the ocean surfing and they'll, they'll give up skateboarding. But realistically, I mean, it's something that people love to do around here. And I'm just, just wondering if there's any kind of memories that you have from that particular novice girl category. Uh, well, I, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure all three of them all entered last year. And they were all, I think, in the top, you know, three, five uh, placings. And so that means that they're staying consistent with their skating. And, uh, they, and, and it was, the, the, again, the level of skating had grown from the year before. So that's a scene. I'm not there to see them change throughout the entire year and I'm only back on Canada Day usually to see the progress of all these different age groups and stuff and it's just amazing I mean they're all fun to watch now and now, including like fun to watch before but the intensity level has gone up and the skill you know technicality everything's gone up yeah like guys like Marley and Ryder are given you know intermediates run for their money as you were saying and so what that does is it puts the fire under these guys and that is third place we had max second place we had boren first place we had kieran in the intermediate category and that's something where i mean you got to admit though they they had they they have a little bit of experience under their belt and that that did show didn't it oh of course yeah i mean and and, and those that's the category where they start to really like get their confidence to the point where they're like okay if i want to like make make it to the finals or make an impression on the judges I'm going to have to try something a little bigger or burlier or risky in my run and that's where it's sometimes almost sometimes more fun to watch some of the younger categories because they're unpredictable because you you'll watch you know three or four riders go and they're doing fairly safe runs they're trying a couple tricks and they you know they're having fun everyone's cheering them on but then all of a sudden out of the blue they'll do something that'll just be like where did that come from and it's because it's that one thing they've been practicing all summer for the big skateboard contest and they want to show it off so yeah it's neat to see that they're you know everyone's being being used in the park and practicing and yeah it's, it's neat to see the progression and, and the progression finally comes to four of course when you have the advanced riders that come out to play and, and i mean Definitely, you watch the intermediate and the novice, and even honestly, even some of those guys under ten, you're like, "What? How did they just pull that off?" But ultimately, things get to that next level in the advanced categories, and uh, it was pretty fun to watch people like, for example, 
you know, um, we had Helke. Um, I probably just butchered her name. Uh, Heike. I know I've, <laughs> I should know how to say that by now and I do apologize, but she came in third and that was, uh, you know, nice to see her big smile there on the podium. Davina in second and Eliza in first. Um, they were really ripping, weren't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't mess around. They are going full speed and trying some, uh, some some harder tricks than you know i think a lot of people who don't know the girls are in skateboarding i think that this that's the category where they start to go whoa i didn't know that like a lot of people aren't exposed to it and that's the thing about the tofino contest is we have all ages groups families you know people that aren't exposed to skateboarding and they just see wow what a great local event you've got everybody here and everybody's having a good time you know, doesn't matter what music's playing, nothing. How it so. And for advanced Ben, when a push came to shove, Merrick Orr took home the third place, Mikey Ray in second, and Dylan Dylan Timmons just killing it in first place. And um, you know, I know there was a lot of people that were able to make it there, weren't able to stick around or whatever else. And so I'm just wondering if you could describe to me, you know. What it was about uh, those those final runs that you think made a difference and got those guys on the podium? Um, well, the consistency and the burliness and technicality of the tricks were just phenomenal. Like, I, I actually wish I had was able to review some of the runs because I I've, I've never seen some of those runs happen before at the skate park. I mean, even last year it was it was it was really kicked up a notch, and and probably the year previous. But I mean. This one in particular was like mind blowing. I feel like some of the best runs I think I've ever seen happen, and and people would stay on their board the whole time. I'm like, that's that is very rare. And and uh, Mikey Ray, who got second there, he uh, he actually was our winner last year, and he's from Vancouver, from what I understand, and and, and uh, quite a talented skateboarder. And yeah, I remember watching him, and they they were like, "Hey, are you Mikey from last year?" The announcer goes, "He's just big smile, right?" And because he knew he was the winner, right? And uh, yeah, they gave him props over the over the microphone, and uh, yeah, and you liked you liked what he had to offer, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, the uh, MC person is myself, actually. I didn't. Oh, that was you. So, yeah, so that was me. So I, I kind of registered <laughs> that when I read the name. I went, Mikey. I'm like, you you were yeah, you were doing that as you went along. Yeah, and he and and yeah, it was and and man, he was he was skating very well and um, Merrick, uh, very talented up and coming skateboarder. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly where he's from. I think he's from Souk area, um, but uh, I, I I do know of him and uh, very talented, huge tricks, um, styly, fast skateboarder, and um, and of course Dylan. Um, Dylan is one of the many Timmins brothers that. Uh, Grew up skateboarding in the on the island in the Tofino Nanaimo area, and uh, Dylan uh, actually is our only contestant, or rider, whatever you want to call it, ever that uh, has won the has taken first in the advanced uh, twice. In oh, really? Years. So that was the first person, yeah, to do it. So this probably was his goal, you know. It's probably what he said, you know. I'm going to be the first one to be, you know, double dipping on that first place, eh? <laughs> Actually, knowing Dylan, Dylan, he probably wasn't too worried about. He's just worried about having a good time skating. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he's, 
he's uh, he's not as uh, as uh, competitive based as you'd think. He's just you put him on a skateboard and just let him go, and you will see stuff you've never seen happen before. He, he he's the kind of skateboarder where he he's skating and you. As much as you know about skateboarding, you almost went him do before. Really? So, very exciting skateboarder to watch. Um, it's almost like circus skateboarding or something. I don't know. He just, it's like he makes it up on the fly as he goes. And he always seems to land on his feet, so I don't know how he does it. Oh, man. Jeez. You know, it might be, might be the trifecta coming in next year if he wins again. But, uh, yeah. hey, any final thoughts you wanted to mention on this competition before I let you um, go? I just wanted to say a big thank you to anybody that helped uh, with the organization and uh, and um, putting the event on. I mean, I, I I I can't thank everybody enough. I mean, it's it's a it, it seems like a very professional event from the outside, but really it's a bare bones, just volunteer based pretty much for the most part. And everybody just kind of comes together and makes it happen down to the wire. And uh, we get lots of great sponsors coming coming around every year to to help us out. So. Big thanks to all our sponsors um, and uh, and uh, Alex Cutler and guys like Scott Ray Arthur, um, you know, guys like that. They make the event happen every year. You know, even like uh, the scaffolding that got set up for the judges, Westall Construction. You know, Danby White. He sets it up every year. He just shout, shout out to Danby White. Yeah, you want to set you want to set up again at eleven o'clock? Yep. Okay, I'll be there. And he just does it. So you need a like tattoo? That. Go see that guy. He knows what's yeah. up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for giving us a call tonight. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's just like one of those things where, you know, even like every tourist that comes through, I mean, puts a smile on their face too. They might know nothing about skateboarding, but just to see that a community coming alive in this way, you know, in a very unique and authentic way, you know, this isn't like the local town council trying to look cool by putting on a, a skate event and da, da, da. this is like of the people for the people and that really shone through so thanks for doing what you did hey you're very welcome and um, it's a pleasure every year i'll be i'll be back next year <laughs> definitely thanks so much and uh you're listening to frequency horizon and it's like neil young so you know gotta respect where we came from so we play a little neil young the needle and the damage done it's coming up right now on Tough City Radio.
So just want to shout out to my sponsor too, Co-op, Co-op Zafino. Go become a member. Why wouldn't you? You know, you get money back. It's a really great option because you're basically becoming a member owner. Let's slow it down. We got the Lumineers with Ho, Hey, and then got seven more minutes here for the end of the show. after the Lumineers there with Ho, Hey, and that amazing Tofino Skate Comp report, courtesy of Jason Picton, live from Victoria. We've got an international connection to tell you about. And no, I'm not talking about up-and-coming liquid drum and bass producer Hugh Hardy, who connected up with us. Give us some love there on the Twitter machine. I'm talking about Teddy Killers, Russian, Ukrainian, drum and bass, trap masters. This song here is unbelievable from them. They linked up with us there on the Instagram just yesterday. You can check us out, Instagram.com slash Frequency Horizon to see what that's all about. 
try to post pictures every once in a while of this authentic life. Let's ride out the rest of the show with some Teddy Killers. us tonight on the frequency horizon hey guess what we made it through episode 81 but why not play one more from teddy killers and annex 
You've heard this one before from us. It's Jungle Consumes Everything um, slash Frequency Horizon or SoundCloud.com slash Frequency Horizon. That's where all the podcasts are up or on iTunes. We got some new local followers on the iTunes. Just search Frequency Horizon. You'll get in there. Leave us a review if you like what we do. Sort of spread around the world. Because it's spread to these guys. Somehow. Get back to you with that in the future. It's been a blast, Tofino. See you next week.